Hello, everyone. I'm Liza Kors. I'm the founder of Inbello, and you are watching A Student's Perspective. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A student's perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation, whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www.astudentsperspective.tv. For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact University Hall of Innovation at gmail.com. Hi, my name is Katie, and you're watching A Student's Perspective. Today we are speaking with Liza Kors, CEO and founder of Inbello. And if you like our conversation today, like and share this post and comment any questions that you may have. So, hello, Eliza, how are you? Um, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and hopefully you know, share some of my experience and teach maybe one or two people a thing or two, but, uh, my name is Liza Kors, and I'm the founder and CEO of Embello. And Embello is an influencer marketing agency that's dedicated to the home and design industry. Um, maybe start out with your background, either um, schooling or like before Embello got started. A lot <laughs> before Embello started, and uh, you know, you always think about what um, what to really talk about in kind of these interviews or experiences. And, and truthfully, I'm excited to talk about my experiences and decision-making because I truly believe that everything that I have done, whether I knew it or didn't, has led me to where I am today and founding Inbello. And so, I mean, it can start, you know, way back, but, uh, on the schooling perspective, to answer your question specifically, um, you know, I, so I grew up in Chicago. I'm currently in Santa Monica, California, but I grew up in the outer suburbs of the Chicagoland area in pretty much a lower income family. It was my mother and my grandmother who raised me. Uh, my dad wasn't really, you know, part of the picture. And, you know, thinking about obviously this is um, part of a school program, you know, made me think about my own schooling. And, you know, I went to public schools and I'm actually pregnant right now and expecting. Um, and it's funny, some of the questions that I'm asked is, you know, where are you going to put your kids in daycare or start schooling? You have to start thinking about private and all of these things. And you're like, what? Oh my God, I have to think about this. But um, 
it was never something that I thought about before because I always just kind of went through the public school system and education because I think, you know, my mom came from Mexico, my dad came from Pakistan. It was, it wasn't so much of a, you need to go to a private school kind of thing. So I kind of went through the system like a normal, I guess, you know, yeah. teenager, adolescent. And, uh, and, you know, it was pretty average. I kept myself, I think, busy with activities, um, which I highly recommend, especially for people that maybe don't have the means for like a higher education or something like that, where doing, I mean, I was involved in so many different activities. I mean, like even like Mexican dancing, like really funny, but, um, so yeah, I mean, just kind of always being involved in things. And I think even then I kind of realized that the type of person I was is when I did something, I always gave it my all. And I always found small leadership roles within no matter what I was doing. Um, so always just kind of either wanting to be like the best or, um, or you know, just taking it seriously and, and really taking kind of a, a more leadership role there. So I went to college at NIU, Northern Illinois University, where the Huskies, and maybe a lot of people don't know <laughs> what that is. It's literally an hour and a half west of Chicago in the middle of cornfields in the boonies. It's very cold. You know, I go to like, we drive up Malibu and I see Pepperdine and we were in Santa Barbara and I you know, see the universities there. And I'm like, how, they have the ocean view. Oh my gosh. I was like, n not looking at that at all. It was very cold and windy where I grew up. Uh, but, you know, I, I chose to go to NIU for a couple of reasons. They had a good business school. And so I knew that I always wanted to get into some sort of business. I didn't really know exactly what. And they also had a really good cheer program. And early on, I got involved with cheerleading in high school. Uh, and that's another story I can kind of chat about too, but uh, really started from like not knowing anything to being uh, you know, a captain of the cheerleading team and then going on to do college cheerleading as well. Um, and so those are the two reasons why I decided to go to college there. Um, I can talk about my college experience or anything else, but I, I'll pause here and see if you want. Yeah, definitely. I would love to hear about that. Um, maybe like what brought you into marketing um, too, because that's like mm -hmm. the biggest thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, I mean, marketing, I mean, even marketing yourself, right? I mean, so many there's so many entrepreneurs these days um, and designers and who are building their own brand. And you might not realize it or notice it, but you are, you know, you are, you have your own aesthetic, you have your own voice. And now with social media, you're literally able to promote that by yourself for free. And so whether you're promoting a company or a product or yourself, you're constantly selling and marketing yourself. So I think that's what I always found so fascinating. And I even remember, I think I was maybe in, 
I don't know, sixth grade or something, there was a project that we had to do. And, and I, I vividly remember it because we had to put together an ad campaign for a car manufacturer. And I remember the teacher specifically called out mine as an example of like, just a really great way to brand, right? And it was the way that ad was done and maybe what I wrote about it and photography. And that always kind of stuck with me. And, you know, moving on, you know, you just, sometimes you, sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't exactly what you want to do. And I think you kind of learn with experience, but, you know, going into college really is where I made a couple decisions that led me to more of the marketing avenue. And when I first, um, you know, when I was a freshman in college, I was a finance major. And so I, you know, I, I have actually no reason or remember why I signed up to be finance major. So I just did. And, you know, the first year you kind of take basic courses to make sure that you are liking where it's going and then other courses as well to kind of explore mm -hmm. and I quickly found that finance was not for me you know it the the numbers game and, and all of that it just you know I could do it sure but I it wasn't I could feel that it wasn't a passion within me it was some not something that was going to interested and so I made the decision to switch majors to marketing. And at the time, you know, I was in college from 2004 to 2008. And so the courses that we took are probably much different now. Um, I mean, remember, Facebook had just literally launched and you needed a college email to yeah. even part of it so it wasn't even a marketing tool then and I remember some of my classes were literally just internet marketing and they were just very general but I knew that that was the avenue I wanted to to go to and so that was probably one of the biggest and at the time you know it might have not felt that major but it definitely was a big decision that led me to a completely different path in my, not only career, but in my entire life, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I think running with that and truly following my passion for what I, you know, believed was going to make me happy in the future, I think is what was beneficial for me there. Um, so I realized that a lot of your jobs in marketing have to do with the design world. What made you gear towards that side um, instead of any other? Any other? Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, you know, things happened organically for me, but also it's, it's a very interesting story. So when I graduated, when I graduated from college in 2008, and so at that time was when the last recession hit. And so if you can imagine, and you probably can in some 
way because of what we're dealing with now with the pandemic and the economy and you know just everything with you know people losing their jobs and the world literally being turned upside down um so that's kind of how it felt like in 2008 and 2009 and when i graduated i made the decision to switch to marketing but of course Marketing is a little bit more, I guess, popular of a major than finance or accounting or whatnot. And everyone was being let go. Everyone was getting laid off. And literally nobody was getting hired. And especially in marketing. Because the first things that companies do, marketing is the biggest revenue growth for you, aside from sales. But it's also like the first thing that companies will cut because they're just like, nope, we can't, you know, do these ads or these billboards or this print ad, you know, because we need to keep on our employees. So anyway, long story short, it was nearly impossible to find a job. Um, another kind of story associated with that and an, another example of how I made another tough decision that I didn't know at the time would really affect my um, career or life is I was interning with a logistics company. And so logistics, shipping, you know, I would have to call truck drivers and the ports and, you know, manage just like all of these deliveries, but they were like, huge you know like we're talking about the big transports that are coming from china and being distributed all over the world <clears throat> and it was a very fast-paced job but i knew it wasn't something that i wanted to do it would do, there was nothing creative you know about it and i just couldn't see myself there in the future like what would my growth be and I didn't realize at the time, but I, I turned down that job. And it was a very well-paying job um, and then graduated and literally nobody was hiring for marketing jobs. So I, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, what have I done? I've made the biggest mistake of my entire life. Nobody's gonna hire me. Why did I turn this job down? I should have just gone with it, you know? And I just, manage my way through. I moved back home for, you know, however many months I needed to get back on my feet. I got a part-time job working for Macy's in the men's department okay. and a part-time job that my girlfriend actually got me that was with the International Housewares Association. And so literally that job, I was packing boxes in the back room like organizing product, packing boxes. And I mean, literally that was my job description. I was like in the back room. And, but it was working for the Housers Association, which for a lot of people who may not know, the Housers Association is actually uh, one of the longest standing associations out there. And so think anything for your kitchen. So cookware, tabletop, your cutlery, uh, vacuums, your coffee maker, um, storage, cleaning, 
all of the products that you have in your home, this is where brands go to show their wares in order for retailers to put them in their stores, right? Mm -hmm. So it was the largest trade show for housewares um, in the US was like 60,000 people that would attend, you know, 2000 exhibitors from all over the world. So not just the United States, but all over. Um, and it was a very prestigious association to be, you know, working for. And it was in, in houseware. So uh, not exactly design, um, but it was in the home realm, right? And so I guess I kind of got lucky that I, you know, got that sort of, I guess we'll call it an internship or partner, you know, part-time job for that industry. But I gave that job my all. Like I packed those boxes so perfectly, organized them. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I even dressed up <laughs> for work. <laughs> knowing that, even though knowing I was packing boxes, you know, I mean, it was kind of different then too. It wasn't as casual as it is now, but, um, but yeah, and it showed. And so even though the economy was tough, I ended up getting a full-time, you know, associate, like sales associate position, mm -hmm. moved my way up to a sales manager position. So I was one of the youngest sales managers there by about 10 years. Um, I ended up working directly with the vice president of international. And I had the opportunity at like age, you know, 23 to 25 to go to Hong Kong and Japan and Germany and Paris and um, all of these places that I had never even dreamed of, you know, going before. Um, and so really it was, you know, <laughs> I didn't know at the time, like I said, but making that decision of turning down that logistics job that would have probably paid me really, really well. Um, but I wouldn't have gone in this direction and had these, you know, kind of experiences that I was lucky to have at, at my very, very first real job out of college. Yeah. I love that you like didn't have a plan set and it just was kind of happening for you. I think that's really cool. Like opportunity can come out of anywhere, definitely. Um, yeah. So I definitely want to hear more about your company. How did it come to be, and um, what are you doing now with it? I guess. Yeah, yeah, Imbello. Um, so, like I mentioned, we're an influencer marketing agency, and so as you can tell, you know my experience in marketing. So I you know, studied marketing. I made my way finally to a, a job <laughs> in marketing, working for the Housewares Association. Um, I mostly focused on sales there, but also did some, you know, marketing. Um, when I, so that was in Chicago, um, my now husband, who at the time was my boyfriend from college, um, he decided he wanted to move to California, right? And so I was like, what? What are we going to do in California? Uh, long story short, I followed him to California. Love it. Still here. And um, But I had no idea what, you know, what I was going to do. I was like, do they even work in California? Like, what kind of industries are out there? Like, I have no idea. And it was through one of my colleagues 
um, Lisa Doms from the Houseware Association that introduced me to one of her exhibitors, Michael Stoll, who owned a Housewares brand. And he was like, I have a friend who's looking for someone you to connect. And it just so happened that he owned a rep agency for a lot of brands in the design community. And he was also launching a, a design education conference series. And so he needed someone to run that. And I, I was like, sign me up. Like this, this looks, this is exactly what I want to do, right? And so it was definitely through um, relationships and connections. So that's one of the things that I would definitely advise on is you just, you never know when you'll need someone um, and don't be afraid to ask, you know? People are so willing to help, it's, it's incredible. And I've, that's one of the biggest things, even with starting a company, um, there's so many people that will help you along the way. And so when you don't know something or you don't know what you're doing, like just reach out to someone close and maybe it's not them, it's someone that they know that they know and that's literally what happened with me. And so I landed at this job, which was exactly what I needed to kind of figure out what I wanted to do in the future. I was running a team, I was getting more into the design industry so going to all the major markets like high point and las vegas and atlanta and um dallas and working with a lot of designers and so you know working directly with renowned designers who were our speakers our experts and then working with other designers and and just people within the industry and just really really immersing myself and learning just so much throughout the entire process. You know, a lot of it I didn't know and I just, I learned by doing. And that's probably one of the biggest, biggest, um, but even with starting a business, you know, there's there's advice, um, there's some playbooks and things that you can go by, but every situation is so different and you literally just learn, you have to learn the hard way. Otherwise you're not really gonna learn. You, you yeah. wanna do it the hard way. You don't know it at the moment cause you're like, oh my God, this is so terrible, but you want to learn it the hard way. Um, so anyway, going into how I founded Embello, you know, through my experience in marketing and working with a lot of designers and a lot of brands, I also started realizing I actually, after um, working at this company, I worked for a celebrity interior designer. Um, his name is Barkley Butera. You may know him. And I ran all of his marketing and social. And he actually is a big part of Embello and is one of the founding partners as well. And, you know, I have such a great relationship with him where he, you know, he really trusts his employees and gives them a lot of of freedom and I think being so close to him and working on his marketing and because like his social was so personal, um, I got to become really close with him. And at the same time, I was noticing how influencer marketing was really just exploding, right? You think about fashion and beauty and if you're a brand not doing influencer marketing, then I, I don't know how you're surviving, right? Kind of thing. Um, but in our industry and home and more specifically the design industry, I think the home industry, like 
tabletop and cookware and you know those type of companies definitely recognize the importance of it but you'd be surprised um, how many brands actually don't really have full strategic plans around it or understand it to mm -hmm. be honest um, and it's really understanding that next generation right because that's how they're shopping so they need to sort of shift their mindset uh, but that is where I realized okay nobody is really doing this for our to the trade designer business yeah. and there is a lot of opportunity here for brands you know to be able to promote themselves in a new way by working with designers who they themselves have grown their own brand like I mentioned before mm -hmm. have been able to create their own dedicated loyal audience of social media followers right um, but other designers that are looking to also source that you know fabric or where do they get that rug or that lighting or you know and so it's helping brands understand how they can leverage the designers in a more strategic and, and proactive way um, and so that's really where embello was born and you know we still have that in our identity and we focus primarily now in the home industry so we have our to the trade designer division and then also our more direct consumer business where we work with clients that want to work with enthusiasts or maybe mommy bloggers that want to target more of that direct to consumer um, person. Yeah, um, I also wanted to ask you about that. How do you, um, yeah, like how do you work with one individual and then I guess how do you work with companies um so our clients are the brands mm -hmm. and so we work with a brand so say it's a furniture brand and they have different maybe collections or different um you know types of products that they want to promote and so we'll work with them to put together a strategy that is geared toward their specific goals. So whether it's building brand awareness or driving traffic to their site or growing their social media following or hitting a certain demographic region or getting more photography assets because the influencers you know, create all of the assets for them. Mm -hmm. um, so we work directly with the brand to create customized campaigns and then we onboard the influencers based off of what those goals are. And so how we work with the influencers is we don't have exclusives with any of the influencers or designers. We have a network of 10,000 influencers and designers that we do reach out to for our campaigns and we have them apply to the campaign. Um, and then depending on the influencer, it will depend on how much they ultimately get paid because it'll also depend on what we're asking them to do, right? So an influencer, you know, 10,000 followers and we're asking them to only do one post and a story or something like that, you know, that is gonna be a, a more, um, minimal campaign, maybe someone that has 250,000 followers and we're asking them to do blogs and Instagram and, you know, video and Pinterest and Facebook and, you know, just all the different layers. And so, so each campaign is customized based off of, you know, what the brand is looking to do, but then also, you know, based on budget as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, so what is next for you and um, in Bello? Do you have any plans? Oh, great question. <laughs> well, for me personally, I mentioned I'm I'm expecting. So <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole other um, and that's something with being, you know, an entrepreneur is is that you know that doesn't stop. <laughs> And, uh, and you need to, and as a woman too, it's, uh, it's different. And, and luckily I've, I feel lucky in that in our business, you'll find that a lot of people do work for either themselves or a smaller, you know, company and one, you, you're motivated by your peers because, you know, you're like, wow, these are all really badass people that are just starting amazing, you know, companies and everyone is different in their own way and you can help each other out. But also the industry is so supportive, I think, because you, we know that we know how hard it is too, right? Um, but also just like the community. And that's one of the biggest things I would say is just always building your network, whether it's be, you know, from school or through your first job or internships or you know whatever part of your life um you know just having that network of people that you can and even mentors you know i still like i mentioned i traveled all over the world when i was 22 to 24 with the vp of international and i literally last month had a conversation with him because he wanted to see how i was doing you know expecting and um, you know, I asked him some questions about business and we, I, I actually, they were our biggest client when we first started as well. And you just, you never know like what's going to happen out of these relationships and, and mentors. And so really find people that can, um, that you feel can give you a, a real advice. Right. And I have mentors now in my life that um, I've won Stacy Garcia. I'm not sure if you know her. She's also a designer and she's a product designer as well, focusing on textiles. She would actually be a great person um, to be on an interview here. She would love to do it. But she, you know, she's in New York uh, and she, uh, she she supports, you know, you need people that believe in you more than sometimes you believe in yourself because you're going to have moments where you're doubting or, you know, and that's fine. Everyone goes through that, but you need those cheerleaders in your life. Um, but anyway, that was my long way of saying <laughs> that I've, you know, chatted with a lot of fellow entrepreneurs who are female as to how they manage to have a baby when they also owned businesses and um and luckily everyone survived <laughs> and everyone has healthy babies and have had multiple babies and everyone's like you'll you're gonna every just like every situation is different like every baby is different you will figure it out you're strong you're a woman and you know that'll happen. So personally that's what I'm navigating through um which is a new you know, a new thing for myself in a business, also getting your team prepared, right? And so making sure, um, you know, I have amazing people that work with me. And really, from the beginning, I've always tried to 
give them the tools to do things on their own. I want them to feel like they have ownership in what they do and the confidence, right? And so that not just because of situations like this where I might go on maternity leave, but they feel like they're actually part of something, right? And so I think that's important. Um, but for Inbello specifically, um, we do have a project coming up that I can't announce yet um, and who it is with, but it's, it's definitely a big project that um, is with a media partner and it will have lots of designers, lots of brands involved, and it will definitely be a really big hit. Um, lots of work. We're just kind of in the planning stages, but hopefully October of um, next year, uh, it, it will be launched, but it'll be announced way before that. I'll have to keep my eye out. I'm excited to see now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what um, would you, if you could, what advice would you offer to your student self or students today? My student self, Whew. wow. You know, I to be honest, I wasn't a very good student. <laughs> and I don't know if that's, um, I mean, that's obviously not advice, but um, I wasn't a great student, but I, well, I'll take that back. My freshman year, I was kind of, you know, figuring it out. And then I quickly learned, okay, you need to crack the whip, Liza, like, and, and then I did. So, so after I got over that, um, I, I guess I've always been, even though I might not feel like I'm either the smartest person in the room or might not know everything, I didn't go to the best schools, like I mentioned, you know, um, I was always just a very hard worker. And like I mentioned before, I dressed up to pack boxes and really gave every every job, every experience kind of my all. And I think that that one shows and you never know who's watching and you know what opportunities might come out of that. Um, and it's just something, a really just good work ethic, you know, is you just can't, you can't buy that, you know, you just, you have it in you and, and you should feel proud of it too. You know, I, I like to work and it's a big part of, of my identity. And so I think whatever you're working on, you know, if you're passionate about it, really work hard and it will be noticed. Maybe you don't, you know, know. Um, not so much my student self, but just know that every challenge, every obstacle is happening for a reason and trying to shift your mindset as to what am I learning from this instead of being so like, why is this happening to me? Being, what, what am I learning? Um, and I've had to do that multiple times within my career, especially starting a business because things never happen as they, you know, as you think that they should happen. And a good, a good couple books I would recommend is one is The Compound Effect. 
And I love that book because it, it really teaches you that little incremental steps make a huge difference, right? And so it's not always that one big moment, but it's those little, 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 little mini things that all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this finally, you know, worked out. Um, and sometimes you need that reminder. And the other book is The Obstacles the Way. And this was actually recommended to me by one of the founders of House. Um, I'm sorry, from Ivy, which was purchased by House. And it, Ivy is a platform for a project management platform for interior designers. And it was purchased by House for like whatever, a bazillion dollars. And she recommended the obstacles the way because sometimes you don't realize, okay, this might be happening, but it's for a reason. It's either shifting me in another direction or I'm learning something. Um, and it and it provides a lot of really great examples. So those would be two books that I would recommend and just kind of some advice to to anybody, you know, starting a career or a new job or going through a project or, you know, anything that they're working on. Thank you so much for talking to me. You're so inspiring and just like seems such like a strong like figure and like I don't know, I just I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, that's really sweet. You know, um even hearing that it's funny. Um you never think of yourself like that, right? You always you always see others and you're like oh, that other person has gone through whatever and has built this or has done that, you know, you never see yourself as that. It's, you're always, um, I think they call it the um, imposter syndrome where you never think like you are whatever that. Um, and so even a lot of successful people, you know, go through that. And I think, I think it's just really nice to share uh, that, it's not all butterflies and rainbows, yeah. you know, like there's, it's hard work to, you know, what you see on social is the end result of a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And just like how social is, it's like that, you know, image of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot that kind of gets to, to that point. So I'm happy to, to share and I'm happy if anyone, has any you know questions or wants to chat or you know I've actually I talk about mentors a lot but I've never actually been a mentor for you know anybody else so if anyone wants to ever reach out you know, my email is liza l-a-i-z-a at embello.com oh my god I definitely will definitely <laughs> well and even you taking this on I have um this is just like a side note but um, you even doing this, you know, you said it was the first time you mm -hmm. did it the next time and the following time you're going to, you know, feel so much more confident. Um, I personally, public speaking was a huge fear of mine. Mm -hmm. And I knew when I was starting my business, I didn't want it to be something that stopped. And so I signed up for something called Toastmasters where you literally go and you practice presenting in front of large groups of people. And it's literally like practice makes perfect, but it's always just putting yourself in those growth situations where it's 
it's easier, trust me, to just say no, right? Like, yeah. no, I don't want to do it. And then you're fine, you know, but like, where are you growing from that? It's that, yeah. it's that butterfly, like scared kind of whatever feeling is where you're actually growing. And I have, you know, an, an employee of mine who did, um, she was a design editor for a magazine and now she is our partnerships director. Her name's Clara Hannenberg and she's amazing human and she did a segment for for like television she was so nervous and she's god i said um like so many times and i'm like but you did it you know and then who knows like someone might be watching that and ask you to do it again and then the next time you're gonna maybe have five less um you know like at least you're learning and kind of growing you know so anyway i just wanted to commend you for for doing things like this because i think this is great thank you yeah when i was um trying out for um um i was super nervous to do it because uh whenever we have to get up and present in class i am like the one shaking um but i just like knew i was like you just gotta get over it it'll be fine and like after i did like the audition i felt great about it so it's like you said it gets easier every time so yeah oh i love that you just like did it you know because that's you sometimes you just have to and you may be freaking out before but like like you said you feel amazing after it you know and you're like wait a minute i can do that again you like kind of want to do it again right it's like a weird feeling once you're over it thank you so much liza for talking with us today that is it for this episode um, but make sure to tune in for next week's episode. And this was a student's perspective. We hope you liked this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.